anybody on a Tuesday night uh, that said, you know what? The enemy uh, has been pressing me already this week. Uh, already been trying to attack my home uh, with sickness. Uh, already trying to push. Uh, oh, I got news from the enemy. Uh, he's already defeated. Uh, and no weapon uh, formed against us uh, shall be able uh, to prosper. I know it's Tuesday, but somebody ought to just shout, uh, my dancer will prostrate it uh, under my feet. Uh, I declare what you say.
You're stomping on the devil's head. And the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through. Somebody ought to go ahead and stop on the devil for a moment. Somebody ought to go ahead and just stop on the devil.
excuse me for just a moment I'm sorry excuse me for just a moment I'm sorry I got to praise him I gotta give him the glory if you only knew what I've been through you would be praising him just a moment uh, but there's a chain being broken tonight uh, we're gonna move on in just a moment uh, but some Give him a shout of praise in this place. 
One more time. Hallelujah. 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 Robo Shata. Sister Ben and Paul, I don't know if you're watching right now, but if you're watching, be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus. In Jesus. There's healing in the building tonight. There's victory in the building tonight. There's breakthrough in the building. Let's clap our hands and praise Him one more time. Come on, let's magnify them together one more time in this place. High five about 10 people on the way to your seat. Tell them God has shown up in the building tonight. Tell them God has shown up in the building tonight. If you are unfamiliar with the term show enough, it is an African-American colloquialism that is short for sure enough. That means we got proof and evidence that he's here in the building right now. The old timers would say, I can feel him in my hands. I feel him in my feet. I feel him in my heart. I feel him all over me. God's not dead. He's alive. Are you thankful to be in the house of the Lord on Tuesday night? Woo! You can be seated for just a moment if you can. Let me take a brief moment to say a great big welcome to all of our guests that are here tonight. Would you help me one more time, Rock Church? Put your hands together. We could do just a little bit better than that. Help me make some noise for all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Amen. What a privilege to have you in service with us. It is so wonderful to look up tonight, see Pastor and First Lady Parker and a few of the saints from... Calvary Apostolic Church in Bradenton. Come on, would you help me give great honor to this church? Their great leadership tonight, amen. We love and appreciate them so very much. How many of you thank God for what he did in this place on Sunday? Whoa! Amen. If you were not here for Supernatural Sunday, we had an absolute powerful move of God in this place uh, there was almost nowhere to sit on the floor. There was people all up in the balconies on Sunday morning. Amen. And uh, when the Holy Ghost got to moving, uh, this church made a, a pledge uh, toward the vision and future of this church that has already reached $433,000. Amen. 
Amen. And I, I, I can't talk about it yet, but the phone rang on Monday. I, I can't talk about it yet. All I can say is we gave on Sunday and the phone rang on Monday. I think the preacher's title was Unlocking the Supernatural. I just need about 200 radical people in the building. I'm going to tell you one more time. We gave on Sunday and the phone rang on Monday. from one brother yesterday I think it was may have been today yesterday it all runs together when you only sleep for two hours and he gave on Sunday and his phone rang on Monday blessing after blessing after blessing and on Monday they said oh yeah by the way we're about to promote you to a district manager Because that's what leaven does. It causes you to be elevated and right. I can't get no help in this Holy Ghost church. And when we got out of the service on Sunday morning, Jonathan was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Whoa! Then on Monday, Crystal was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you're here tonight, you can be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost before you leave this. Whoa! Hallelujah. We're so grateful for all that the Lord is doing. Uh, I didn't get a chance on Sunday night due to the dynamics of the service, uh, but I want to take a brief moment to tell this church, thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, for the beautiful card and birthday gift that was given to me on Sunday. And I love y'all right back. I love y'all right back. And uh, it, is, it is the honor of honors uh, to to lead this amazing group of people and uh, next to uh, the Holy Ghost and my precious family you all are some of the greatest things that have ever happened to me in my life I love this church and I love God's people with all of my heart thank you, thank you, thank you And uh, this is so much overwhelming good stuff happening. And you want to know the best part about all of it? We're just getting started. We, we just, we're just barely getting started. Tell your neighbor the best. Tell your neighbor. The, now the other one that's awake tonight, tell him. Tell him the best is yet to come. If you believe it, give God another hand clap of praise tonight. Stand with me if you would all across this house as we prepare for the entrance of God's word. It is a distinct privilege and honor tonight.
to have Bishop Wade Bass with us. I would tell you where he's from, but nowadays he's from all over the world all the time. And so I don't know if he's from Africa right now or if he's from the Philippines right now or he's from somewhere. But the important thing is he's here right now. Amen. And uh, there, is a, there is a very short list uh, of men who I have expressly told them that they have an open invitation at all times to come to this church and preach to us. And um, Bishop Bass is not only a dear, dear friend to me, uh, but he is an elder. I esteem him as an elder in my life. Amen. And uh, he is one of those men, and I have told him, Anytime he is in the area or if he's not in the area and feels that God has a word for this house, we will fly him to this area if we need to. And we want him to, to uh, feel the liberty of the Holy Ghost tonight. Bishop, we are so honored that you're here tonight. We're ready to do whatever God has in store. How many of you would put your hands together one more time? Come on, give a great big ovation for this great man of God. Well, when midnight struck, Paul and Silas began to sing. Give God praises. The jailhouse was shaken. And I get a witness. All the doors were open. Earthquake took place. Every prisoner was set free. The Bible said that the jailer ran out in the middle of all that debris and pulled a sword out and would have killed himself. Paul said, don't do that, man. We just had song service. We hadn't even preached yet. Don't get in a hurry tonight. We just had song service. It ain't over. Hallelujah. I am delighted to be here tonight at the Rock Church right here in beautiful Fort Myers. And it is an honor to stand in this pulpit that uh, your bishop occupies and leads you from. I have tremendous respect and honor to both Bishop and First Lady Williams. We love them very dearly. And I know you know that you're blessed that God sent them to Fort Myers. The work that God is doing here is very evident. I enjoy seeing the reports souls being baptized and receiving the Holy Ghost and witnessing the growth of this church. Amen. I appreciate the accommodations that have been afforded me this evening. It's a long ways from the trailer park. Amen. I preached here. We won't even talk about that. 
Amen. God has been good to the Rock Church. God has been good to the Rock Church. Thank God. And so also uh, we have people from the country of India as well as the continent of Africa that are tuned into this service right now. Would you make them welcome? Hallelujah. We have witnessed God doing some incredible things in the past several years. Uh, I just don't even have time to even begin to speak of the things uh, on an individual basis, but if I just said it like this, in India, they're receiving the Holy Ghost by the thousands and being baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. And in the past three and a half years on the continent of Africa, we have seen, and I don't even know the number, this is the reason I can't give you the number, but what I can safely say is that several hundred Trinitarian preachers have been baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Several hundred. And they're likewise baptizing their churches and there is an incredible revival that's taking place of the name of Jesus all over the continent of Africa. So thank God for what he's doing all over the world. Amen. And so I don't want to belabor the time, the, the thoughts, the discussion of those things. I want to get right in the word of the Lord. I want to read from the book of Genesis chapter 8 and beginning with verse number 20. I'm going to try to obey the Holy Ghost tonight, preach to you what I feel that the Holy Ghost would have me speak to you in this service this evening. I feel, feel like God wants to help somebody in your walk with him. This is a walk with him. This is a life. And God will help us live this life and walk this walk. Genesis 8, 20 through 22, And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. I want to preach to you a few minutes tonight on this subject. Seasons are certain, but not final. Hallelujah. Seasons are certain, but not final. And everybody shout amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Praise God. We understand when we read the very first chapter in the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, 
there is one statement that is used eight different times. And it is simply, and God said. Telling us that it was through the word of God that all things were created. It was the word that produced creation, that brought all things into existence. God spoke it into existence. Now, as time progressed, we notice that sin entered into the world and sin became very rampant among mankind. The word of the Lord tells us that it reached a place where that the very imaginations of men's minds were evil continuously. So it was a wicked world that God looked at and he realized that this world that I am seeing now is not like the world that I created in the beginning. There are so many things about this world that does not align itself with my spoken word. It doesn't look like what it was in the beginning. And so God determined that the thing that was necessary was to destroy the world with a flood. Now what we do understand is this, that God did not destroy the actual physical world that he created. But what we do know is that he destroyed everything that did not look like the word that was spoken in the beginning. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. It, 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 was, a, it was God cleansing a world that had become polluted, polluted by sin, polluted by wickedness, polluted by ungodliness, that it felt that it had to be cleansed, it had to be washed, and so he sent the flood. Now all of us, according to scripture, have been begotten by the word. First Peter chapter 1 Verse 23 says that we have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You got in this tonight through the word of the Lord. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How can you hear without a preacher? And how can he preach except he be sent? The word of God went forth. Faith arose in your heart. And you determined, I want to be saved. And you discovered that through the word of God, you can be saved. You can be saved by repentance. By water baptism in Jesus' name. And the infilling of the gift of the Holy Ghost. You were not begotten by a song. You were not begotten by a musical instrument. Oh, hallelujah. You were not begotten by a testimony. You were begotten by the word of the Lord. But as the world was in the beginning, as you live for God, sometimes carnality takes control. Sometimes our flesh yields to the temptations and we find ourselves 
with some pollution in our spirit, with some defilement of our heart. And the Lord decides that that is not what I created through new birth, through conversion. And so God sometimes will send a storm to our life. Sometimes he'll send a flood to our life, not to destroy us, but to cleanse us and to return us back to what he made us when we were born again of the water and of the spirit. Hallelujah. So when the storm comes, don't get upset. When the flood comes, don't get upset. You need to say, cleanse me, Jesus. Purify me, Jesus. Make me holy, Jesus. Amen. That's how God works with us. He puts us through a cleansing process. And sometimes the storm we go through, sometimes the trouble we deal with is not always pleasant. But God's doing something in our lives to bring us back. I thank God that he don't let me wander down a road of carnality. That he don't let me wander down a road of flesh. That he doesn't let me wander down a road of sin without putting something in my pathway and saying, hold on just a minute. I didn't create you to sin. I didn't fill you with the Holy Ghost to go back to smoking a cigarette. I didn't fill you with the Holy Ghost back to shooting up heroin. I didn't, come on now. I didn't give you the Holy Ghost for you to go back out and get drunk again. I gave you the Holy Ghost to worship me. I gave you the Holy Ghost to give me praise. Amen. So the storms that come to our life are not meant to destroy us, but to destroy things that don't look like the word of God in our life. Now I read to you tonight the, the Bible, the scriptures in, in Genesis 8 and 20, where it said, and Noah builded an altar unto the Lord. This was Noah's response to the flood. His response to what he had just gone through was to build an altar unto God. Hallelujah. I want to tell you tonight, your greatest response to whatever it is you're having to deal with ought to be to build an altar unto God. Oh, glory to God. If you're depressed, build an altar. If you're distressed, build an altar. If you're, oh, glory to God. If you're going through a problem, build an altar. If your world is upside down, build an altar. The greatest thing you can ever do in your walk with God is when you're struggling and you don't know what to do, build an altar unto God. You got financial problems, build an altar. Woo, hallelujah. That's what we've been doing around here tonight as we shouted and danced. We're building an altar of praise. We're offering up thanksgiving to our God. Amen.
when you're going through problems, that's not the time to crawl up in a corner in a fetal position and have yourself a pity party. That's the time to build an altar unto God. You ought to build an altar before you go to your psychiatrist. Build you an altar before you go to your psychologist. In fact, you ought to build you an altar before you ever go to your pastor. The first thing you ought to do is build an altar. Pray about it. Pray about your problem. Amen. I'm going to tell you why that, you're, that you ought to be building an altar in response to your flood. In response to your storm. Because the scripture said when he built this altar and he offered up sacrifices that the Lord smelled a sweet savor and God started talking. Hallelujah. God started talking. Because you see, here's what you have to understand. God does not respond to your problem. God does not respond to your trouble. He responds to your altar. Oh, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost here tonight. I said, it's your altar God responds to. He's not going to respond to your financial trouble. He'll respond when you pray. He's not going to respond when you're sick. He's going to respond when you pray. Somebody said, you have Bible for that? I got so much Bible, I don't have time to give it to you tonight. Amen. There's a woman come to Jesus and said, Lord, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, and he ignored her. The disciple said, send her away. She's bothering us. And, and she came again, and she asked for help with her, with her daughter who was grievously vexed. And Jesus said, I'm sorry, I don't give the children's bread to dogs. Some of y'all would have left offended. But she hung in there because the word of the Lord said that she fell down and worshiped him. And when she fell down and worshiped him, he responded to the worship. Woo! I said he responded to the worship. When she fell down and worship, he said, woman, have not found so great faith in all of Israel. Go your way, your daughter's made whole. Because there's something about worship God responds to. There's something about praise that God responds to. There's something about us building an altar of worship unto God that God will respond to that altar. Amen. They're on a boat. They're in a storm. And if you believe the truth, you believe that Jesus Christ was God manifest in flesh. And we know that God is omniscient, which means he knows all things at all times. There's never a time that he doesn't know what's going on. He's in the bow of the boat and he's asleep. Hallelujah. The man was asleep, but the spirit in the man was not asleep. Because your book tells us that God neither sleeps nor slumbers. Amen. So God in Christ knew that there was a storm going on. He knew the boat was rocking. 
He knew the waves were rolling. He knew the wind was blowing. But he never got up from where he was until some disciples went down there where he was, shook him and said, Lord, don't you care that we perish? When they cried out to him, that's when he got up. That's whenever he went to the bow of the boat and said, peace be still. I'm trying to tell somebody tonight, if you quit having a pity party and pray, God will answer your prayer. God will respond to your prayer. God will respond to what you're crying out to him for. Mm, I feel like preaching here tonight. Somebody shout amen. I'm just telling you tonight, God responds to the altar. I'm going to tell you again, he don't respond to your trouble. He don't respond to your problem. I just talked about Paul and Silas. They had been beaten with many stripes. They had been cast inside the prison and they were in the prison for several hours but God never responded until at midnight when they began to pray and sing praises unto God. God said, I gotta get down there where they are. I'm gonna cause an earthquake to take place. You hear me when I tell you this is God's way of accomplishing the work. He just waiting on you to pray. Amen. And so God responded. And God said, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Amen. He's saying very clearly, I just got news for you. I'm making you a promise because you built an altar. And because you responded from the altar and with an altar, I'm going to respond to your altar and I'm going to make a promise. And the promise is this, day and night will never cease. Cold and heat will never cease. Summer and winter will never cease. Oh, hallelujah. I've come to preach to you a few minutes here tonight very simply. Amen. That seasons are certain, but they're not final. You want to know why you're going through what you're going through? God made that season. God made that time. But you want some good news tonight? It ain't going to last forever. You may be going through some trouble, but hang on. Your season will change. Your season will change. If you and I could grasp the reality of this, it would extract a lot of frustration out of our relationship with God. Amen. It would help you to be patient through the seasons when things are not going so good. Because you're going to go through a season when things are not going to go so well. You're going to go through a time when things are not doing so well. But if you'll be patient, hallelujah, God's going to turn it around. 
Some of y'all been singing that song and you didn't even believe what you were singing. But I'm telling you, God will turn it around. You'll wake up one morning and the leaves will be green again. You'll wake up one morning and there'll be blooms on the bush all over again. Hallelujah. You get up one day and you realize something's going on in my life. It's because seasons are certain, but they're not final. Somebody clap your hands and give him some praise. If you can understand that spring is not always, then you understand that winter is also not always. I know you've heard it, but I want you to hear it again tonight. The preacher in Ecclesiastes 3, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. Are you hearing me? A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones. A time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rin and a time to, sto- to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. This preacher covered every single aspect of life and said, I'm telling you now, to everything, there is a season. To everything, there is a season. And there is a time to every purpose under the heaven. But when I read that, I realize he left a season out. He left a time out that I noticed he didn't put in there. All the other things that he talked about, all the other things he listed, there was one time, there was one season that he didn't put in the list of things that there was a season for. And that is, he left out a time to quit because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the season is. It doesn't matter what the problem is. It doesn't matter what your struggle is. There's no time to quit. I said, woo, I said, no time to quit. It may be a time to lose, but it ain't time to quit. It may be a time to cry, but it ain't time to quit. It may be a time of war, but it ain't time to quit. It may be a time of pain, but it ain't time to quit. I can't hear you. Amen. I I, I was afraid your pastor tonight was going to trample on my message. Amen. Because he got off over there at the old prophet who said, Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. For when I fall, 
I ain't quitting. I'm getting back up again. Hallelujah. For when I fall, I shall arise. The preacher said one time that a righteous man falleth seven times and gets back up again. You're not a failure because you fail. You're only a failure if you quit. Get up. I said get up. Come on, I'm talking to somebody in the Holy Ghost right now. Get up from where you are. Get up from your failure. Get up from your struggle. Get back to running. Get back on the path. Get back in the race. Mm. All you got to remember to do is get up one more time than what you failed. Hallelujah. I said, just get up one more time than what you failed. We're not here tonight to kick you when you're down. We're here to pick you up when you're down. We're not here to talk about you whenever you stumble and when you struggle in life. It's time for us to just get a hold of you and say, come on, get back up again. We got a race to run. We got a crown to win. We got a work to do for God. I want to show you something. 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 13. Listen to this verse. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, talking about David, and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. Listen. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. Now that verse was not written prophetically. That was written historically. Because whoever wrote that verse looked at David's life and started going all the way back through his life. Come on. Every season of his life. Amen. Just kept going all all the way back. And he said, I'm going to tell you where it started. When the preacher anointed him with a vial of oil and God called him to be the king over Israel, from that day forward, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Oh, hallelujah. You hear me tonight? God was with him when he killed the lion. God was with him when he faced the bear. God was with him when he faced Goliath. God was with him when javelins were being thrown at him by King Saul. God was with him when he was hiding in the cave of Abdullam. God was with him when Ziklag, his city was burned and all of his family had been kidnapped. God was with him when he ascended the throne. God was with him when he brought the ark back dancing before the Lord with all of his might. 
at every season of his life, God was with him. And that's what I want to tell somebody in this house tonight. I don't care what the season is. God hasn't left you. God hasn't forsaken you. God hasn't let you down. what you're going through God's still there but I don't feel God I hadn't felt God in a month of Sundays that's all right he's still there you may be struggling tonight but God's still there you may feel like you're treading water God's still there I need somebody here to help me here tonight come on I know I'm getting right down to where you live God's there. The Bible said God was with him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and God was with him from that day forward. Y'all ain't ready for this. I'm going to tell you that God was with him when he sinned, when he failed. Come on. When he committed adultery, God was with him. I didn't say God approved of what he did. I didn't say God made room for what he did. But what I am saying is God didn't leave him. God didn't forsake him. God, oh hallelujah. God was with him. God was with him. God, my, 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 hallelujah. I'm not telling you that God smiled at what he did. That God was happy with how he lived and what he, the sin he committed. So what I'm saying, what I'm telling you is God was with him. I'm trying to tell somebody here tonight, you may have failed this week, but God's still with you. God's not, God's not fickle like some people are and just push you aside at the least little uh, offense or the least little uh, uh, thing that you do that they don't like. That's not the way God is. The Lord is there saying, come on, I'm going to bring you back to where you need to be. I'm going to put you back in the altar. I'm going to get you back full of joy. I'm going to help you. God was with him in the season of his failure, but he was also with him in the season of his repentance. When he repented, God was there and the preacher said, God has forgiven you. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Seasons are certain, brethren, but they're not final. Seasons are certain, sisters, but they're not final. They will come, but they will go. Bible tells us about Elijah the prophet of God in 1 Kings 17 and how that he proclaimed he prophesied and said there'll be no rain for three years and when he prophesied there'd be no rain it would be a time of drought it would be a time when no crops would be grown it would be a time when no rain would fall the ground would get dry and God spoke to him and said get hence and turn you eastward and listen what he said First Kings 17 and 3, hide yourself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. 
And then he went on to tell him, I will, I, I will cause the ravens to come and feed you. First of all, you got to understand the brook Cherith does not flow in times of drought. The brook Cherith has no water in it, Bishop. Hallelujah. So going to the brook Cherith was an act of faith that God said you'll drink water from that brook. Woo! Come on. I don't care what kind of season you're in, but God will still provide enough water for you to survive, enough meat for you to survive. God, come on. God won't let you die in your season. God won't let you die in your problem. God won't let you die in your failure. God won't let you die in the things that you're going through. The second thing is ravens are not providers. They're scavengers. Huh? They're not given to bringing food. They're given to taking food. Hallelujah. But God said, I'm going to take a switch. I'm going to turn the switch back just a little bit on that raven. And he's going to bring you meat every evening. And you're going to be able. Now, you got to understand. you got to understand. Listen to me now. I'm preaching to what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I feel like I got a word for this church tonight. So just hang on. I, I, I feel something in the Holy Ghost. But, but, but before I get to that, I've just got to help somebody else in this place. Because you've got to understand that Elijah being the prophet of God was acclimated to preaching, to preaching to crowds, to prophesying to the people. And now he's out by a brook. He's all alone. He's by himself. And he's there for months on end. I can see him as he's wringing his hands, feeling like, God, what in the world am I doing down here? I should be out before the people. I should be preaching. He feels like he's unproductive. He feels like he's not doing anything. He feels like he's good for nothing. Oh, hallelujah. But I got word for you tonight. What God was doing was getting Elijah ready for a Mount Carmel. I got you by that brook for a reason. I'm going to tell somebody here tonight, you may feel like you've been going through a time where you feel like you're unproductive. You're not getting anything done. You're not being productive in the kingdom of God. You feel like all of your efforts are in vain. Hang on. There's a caramel in your future. There's a caramel in your future. There's a fire falling from heaven. I shout hallelujah. Yeah. Brother Brother Parker, I don't care how many devils have set themselves against you and against your efforts in Bradenton. I'm preaching to you right now in the Holy Ghost that that season's going to change. I said that season's going to change. I feel what I'm saying in the Holy Ghost. That season's going to change. And when the Lord shows up, I said, when the Lord shows up, the devil can't stay. The devil can't remain. Come on, come on. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Brother Parker, seasons are certain, but they're not final. Hang on. 
Hang on, there's a change coming. Hang on, God's gonna do something special. Amen. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Hang on, you're, you're headed to Carmel. He just gotta put you in a place. Listen, every single man of God throughout the word of the Lord before he went to his Carmel, he always had his Cherith. Joseph had his Cherith. Moses had his Cherith. Jesus Christ had his Cherith in the wilderness. But when he came out, he came out in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm, I'm, I. They're certain, but they're not final. So when I was working on this message, I got interested in the effect of seasons on trees. And I found some very interesting things. Here's what it said. It said, in summer, in summer, the growth of that tree begins to slow down. However, that being said, listen, most all buds containing next year's leaves are set by midsummer. That means that before you ever went through fall, before you ever went through winter, God set some things in place in your summer that won't show up for two more seasons. But if you'll hang on, I said if you'll hang on, I said if you'll hang on, there's a change coming. Stuff that God shut my, my, my. There's some of you, there's some of you that you feel like God made some promises, but you've been through a fall. Now you're going through a winter and you're trying to figure out what's next. I'm going to tell you what's next. The stuff that God planted in you two seasons ago, he's about to bring it to light. He's... Oh, hallelujah. You hear me, Rock Church? God's already planted some stuff. God's already put some things in this church. God has, God has already set some things in order. Praise the Lord. And there might be some folks that got tired of waiting and they're not here tonight. But I'm gonna tell you, those of you that said, you know what, I don't care how long it takes. God made a promise. God set some things in order. And it will hang on a while. We'll see those buds begin to spring forth. We'll see what God set in order two seasons ago. It made this statement, it said that trees begin their preparation for dormancy and fall so that they can survive through the winter. They began their preparation for dormancy. They get ready. Trees get ready in the fall. 
Joseph knew that after seven good years, there was going to be seven lean years. Huh? Joseph did not waste seven years trying to avoid or abort seven lean years. He spent seven good years getting ready. Preparing. Preparing for the seven lean years. Come on, child of God. Hallelujah. Woo. Come on. Rather than sitting back when things are going on in church, you ought to be getting up in the middle of it saying, I'm going to prepare myself. I'm going to get myself ready. I don't know what I'm going to face tomorrow. I don't know what the time is going to be tomorrow. But I'm going to get enough tonight that I can make it through tomorrow. That I can make it through Thursday. I can make it through Friday. I can make it through Saturday. I can get back here on Sunday. made this statement it said that in deciduous trees that a, a layer of scar tissue is formed between the leaf and the branch and that right there is known as the abscission zone and then it said because of that scar tissue gravity and wind causes that leaf to snap off and fall to the ground, leaving a scar. Don't judge me by my scars. That scar is just a sign of something that used to live there, that used to exist. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Quit judging your brother by his scars. Quit judging your sister by his scars. Quit judging your friend by his scars. Quit judging your husband by his scars. Quit judging your wife by her scars. I can't hear you. Quit judging everybody by the scars of their life. They're going through a season. And when they come out of that season, God's already got some things in place. God's already set some things in order. Worst things you could do, and I understand out here in Florida, we don't see a lot of this, but we do see a little bit of it. But one of the worst things you can do is judge a tree by the winter of its life. Just because it don't have leaves don't mean it's a lot, that, that don't mean it's dead. Just because it doesn't look like it's living doesn't mean it's dead. Don't judge your sister by her winter. Don't judge your brother by his winter. Hang around. Come on, give them time and it won't be long before you'll see green leaves coming out again. It won't be long. So it made this statement about spring. It said, starting in spring, trees began reacting to increasingly longer periods of daylight and warming temperatures cued by specialized detection cells, buds begin to open. What buds? Buds that were put in place two seasons ago. <laughs> Amen. 
and new leaves start growing in the springtime. You see, that tree has no clue about what the farmer's almanac says. It can't read the farmer's almanac. It doesn't know that on a certain day it's the beginning of spring. The only thing the tree knows is there's a change in the atmosphere. Huh? The temperatures are starting to warm up. Glory to God. The days are getting longer. I think it's time for something to start taking place. Hallelujah. I feel like I'm about to explode in the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. Because I feel something so strong in the Holy Ghost tonight for the Rock Church. I feel like telling you right now, right here tonight, it's springtime. Huh? But I want to tell you, if you, if you here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's what you got to understand. And that is that, that there are specialized detection cells that whenever that, that wind begins to change and that temperature begins to rise and the day gets longer, those detection cells send a signal to the bud that was put in place two seasons ago and says, all right, it's time for you to show up. Woo, hallelujah. I feel like prophesying to this church tonight and tell you that there's some things that God has put in place that you don't even know anything about. You don't have any idea, but there's a change in the atmosphere. There's something happening in the spirit around here and God, Hallelujah. And you got to have a little bit of spiritual sensitivity. You got you to gotta get connected here. Oh, glory to God. Anybody ready for the miracle? Anybody ready for the door to be opened? Anybody ready for God to tell the Rock Church, it's springtime. It's springtime. It's springtime. It's springtime. Hallelujah. Are you ready for new growth? Are you ready for the balcony to be full? Are you ready for God to open up a brand new door? Are you ready? Come on, you need to get ready. I said you need to get ready. Spring is in the air. I said spring is in the air. It's a new day. The season's about to change. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, the season is about to change. Come on, I said the season's about to change. Anybody ready for the new growth? There's some buds. There's some buds around this city that's about to show up in this church. There's some new souls. 
You don't understand with the best. You don't understand what we've been seeing already. No, no, no. You don't understand what I'm trying to preach to you. You don't understand what I'm trying to tell you. God is saying, I'm about to change the season. tonight not very long ago I'm talking in the past few days past month I'll put it that way man a church that I know about had been picking up a, a young man on the bus he came to church on the bus for a number two or three years several years family came to church on the school church bus came to Sunday school somewhere along the line this been a year or so ago he was killed in an automobile. Not, he, was killed, he was killed in an accident. I'll just leave it like that. He was killed in an accident. And his mother got a settlement here not too long ago. Don't even go to church at this church. But she calls up the pastor and she says, Pastor, how much is the tithe on $4 million? Hallelujah. He said, 400000 She said, that's exactly what I thought it was. She said, who do I pay it to? He said, you pay it to whoever you feel like has been the greatest blessing to you in your life. Your, your church, go to your church, pay it to your church. She said, you're the only pastor I know and you're the only church that's ever been in, done anything for our family. She said, I'm leaving town and I can't leave town until I come by the church. I will be there in a few minutes. And she brought a $400,000 check and laid it on the church desk. What are you saying that for, preacher? I'm just telling the Rock Church, you made a commitment of 434,000. Don't be surprised if God don't match it. Don't be surprised if God don't match it. Don't be surprised if God don't match it. Yeah, yeah. Come on. I know what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I helped a church that got through a time of crisis. It's been just a few short years ago. I helped them get through a time of crisis, got them in a new pastor, and and, and the church was over one and a half million dollars in debt. And, and, and it, was, it, was, it was an overwhelming amount of debt. There was not very many people left in the church. And it wasn't very long, just a short time after that, that a man got a settlement. He brought his tithe and offering by the church. It paid off every bit of the debt. 
It took care of every additional debt that was on the church, not just the mortgages. I am not trying to hype you up tonight, but what I am trying to tell you is when God decides to change the season. When God decides to change the season. Now, but I'm just going to tell you if you really if you really believe what I'm preaching here tonight that God can change the season that God can turn it around that God can make a difference now I want to tell you what we need to do tonight before we leave we ought to build us an altar of worship build us an altar of praise and let the Lord know I'm still here and I ain't leaving we're going to see God give us victory